After reviewing the play, the call on the ice stands. We got to go. Okay, fellas, we are set to go. Let's go. We are kicking. Watch the blue. There we go. Yeah, baby. Hey, you got the power play. Get out of here. Hey. 36, right here for the rock. Both guys, five minutes each for fighting. Hey, hey. We're not doing this. I don't want to babysit all night. A little bit of nastiness today. Huh? Nothing good's coming out of this, big man. Have you seen this before? Yes, it's rule something, point something. He's not putting a stick in here. You keep your stick out of him. Here we go. Let's roll, boys. Let's go. Hey, 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 hey. Let's go. After further review, it's the Scouting the Refs podcast. Here's your hosts, Todd Lewis and Josh Smith. When you're ready, big guy. All right, guys, let's drop the puck. This is a very exciting time of year, Josh. We're on the cusp of training camp opening, so there's that positive. But I also find this a funny, puzzling time of year because this is when pumpkin spice haters also really come out. <laughs> People hate pumpkin spice? No. <laughs> I, I love pumpkin pie, and it's great. It's a, a fall staple, especially leading up and through Thanksgiving. I don't like it to start in mid-August, but I don't make a big deal about it. If you're a fan of it, go for it. But I don't think we need pumpkin spice haters. Maybe you're right. Maybe it's good, but maybe it's a timely thing. Maybe it's just just not time for that. We're, we're a little early, but as we get into the NHL season, you know, they drop the puck on the opening game. And maybe, maybe you can warm up to the uh, pumpkin latte at that point. Sure. That's a nice opening night tradition, maybe. You just kind of, you know, have a nice warm, uh, a warm something with the opening night game. But it is great news that we are officially kicking off season four. This is episode one of season four. We were debating in our last episode when to wrap up season three. And well, it just sort of came to a conclusion. So I guess we have to start season four now, right? Uh, logically, I think that's that's where we go from here. Please make sure you're following us on our social channels for the Scouting the Refs podcast. And for Josh, of course, it's at Scouting the Refs on Twitter and Instagram. For me, it's at Toddler with Sports on both Twitter and Instagram. On this week's episode, the new rule book is here. Just one little change, a first in the OHL, and welcome newcomers. Josh, before we go too far, let's take a moment and send our thoughts and sympathies to the family of former NHL official Dan Shakti, who passed away recently. He had quite a career. He was the first American official to work more than 2,000 NHL games and had so many more accomplishments. It was sad to hear of his passing recently. Yeah, very sad and uh, and you know surprising. Only sixty four years old, but what a career! Thirty years in the NHL, working so many games, uh, two hundred twenty seven playoff games, five Stanley Cup finals, Canada Cup, World Cup of Hockey, all the other things, and then his contributions to USA Hockey, which uh, you know uh, just just endless with the amount of time and and work he put in there, including his time at Hockey East as coordinator for men's officials. So uh, you know a great career, a great impact when it comes to the officiating world, especially in USA Hockey. And uh, Dan Shakti. He will absolutely be missed. We remember him fondly and we look ahead to the new season now and the NHL has announced some new officials for this year. Referee Morgan McPhee, linesman Tommy Hughes, linesman Ryan Jackson, linesman Joseph Mayon. Congratulations on making the cut for this season. There were also several part-timers who have been promoted to full-time NHL duty. Referees Mitch Dunning and Brandon Blandina, linesman C.J. Murray, I don't know if that's any relation to Johnny Murray, is it? Do you know, uh, Josh? It's not, no. Caleb Apperson and Killian McNamara, congratulations as well. I suppose that for the part-timers, this means a little bit of a pay bump. Is there anything else that goes along with being promoted from 
part-time to full-time in the National Hockey League? Well, certainly the pay bump is uh, is number one there because the, the full-time salary, you get the big deal, you get working towards your pension, you get in that full-time NHL official yearly increases, things like that. So yeah, a huge, huge deal. And uh, now you know where you're working. I mean, you might not know which city, but you know which cities. <laughs> you're not going to be bouncing back and forth between the AHL and the NHL. You get to work with the same types of guys. You see the same players. So certainly a, a lot more comfortable with that rotation of the 32 NHL cities instead of NHL games and then AHL games. And sometimes you travel NHL style and sometimes you travel AHL style. And sometimes you're packing up the car and you're driving yourself to your next drink. So uh, certainly it's a, it's a big relief for these guys. The only other bump that they get, Mitch Dunning gets a number change. He was 43. He gets the number 20 previously worn by Tim Peel. Typically, the full-timers are 40 and below, and the part-timers are 41 and up when it comes to referees. So Dunning with the new number for this year. So uh, check your scorecards if you're keeping track at home. I, I guess it's sort of like when players are told after the first few games or sometimes out of training camp, yeah, it's okay. Get a place to live. You don't you yeah. don't need to worry about going back and forth to the AHL. Right. You know, it's a good point there. I, I'm not sure where Dunning is based or Blandina for that matter, but these guys are spread around the country and they do have a home base. One of the requirements is that the official has to live within a specified distance from a major international airport so that they can travel. And, you know, sometimes it's near a place that has a rink. Sometimes it's not necessarily near a rink, but it's near a place that's easy to get to and from. So they do spread them out. And we see that come into play when winter weather hits and, and guys can't necessarily travel that it's good to have that distribution. So if he if he hasn't bought a place, he'll he'll be buying a place now. Now, the recent additions and the promotions help to replace the recently retired officials, Brad Meyer, Dean Morton, Vaughn Rohde, all of whom retired after last season. Two other linesmen, uh, both Greg Dvorsky and Derek Amell, were forced to retire due to injuries. And while that's sad, it also serves as a reminder that the officials on the ice are the other high-performance athletes. We talk so much about the players, but the officials... All of the time and effort that they work out and go and have training, both on and off ice, they are high-performance athletes as well. And it's it's sad for both uh, Devo and Derek Amell that they were not able to retire with the nice send-off, picking the city, picking their own crew and the like. It's it's really unfortunate. You know, I know it's not the same. You'd love to see the NHL maybe bring them back and have them at least do a ceremonial puck drop at a game with a crew where maybe they can pick the four guys who are working the game. Maybe they don't get to actually officiate it, but you can still have that recognition. I think that would be something that would be a nice touch. It's It, it really is a shame because it's such a wonderful experience and it's nice of what the NHL and, and Hockey Ops does for these officials to kind of give them that that great send-off. And you had uh, Greg Dvorsky, Derek Amell trying to battle through injuries that have kept them out all of last season, even longer. So it's been a while since we've seen these guys on the ice. And unfortunately, it's, it's an end to the career and, and we won't get to see them back out there. I'm also wondering, with new officials coming in, is there a rookie dinner organized for these new refs, or is it more likely that some of them get that treatment individually on certain trips? Yeah, you know, it could be a little bit of both. I know we're going to have camp going on. Some will be showing up for the first time. Some will be showing up now as full-timers. So... Yeah, I think you might have to have them chip in and, and buy the rest of the guys dinner, though it could be pretty pricey. You know, <laughs> this is a, mm -hmm. it's a pretty large, large roster here of officials that need to eat. You were very excited when you sent me a text earlier this week about a few things, and there was one that stuck out to me. You mentioned that the new rule book had arrived. It occurred to me to first ask the question, is it an actual book that you received or is it a download for your Kindle or iPad, perhaps? Do we even have actual paper rule books anymore? Somebody does. <laughs> 
we don't. You know, it has a nice cover. It looks like a cover, but we only get to see it on the pixels on screen because there's the printed distribution of the book not as common as it once was. So you, you can get a hard copy of it, but typically... It's available for download. The NHL has it. We have it up at scoutingtherefs.com. So if you want to read through, you can certainly dig into all 234 pages and get into all the nuances of the rules, including the ones that have stayed the same and, and the one that is slightly different. Yes, I was going to say, of course, you go to scoutingtherefs.com for all your rules questions and you can read the rule book. And in the new rule book, there is the one change It is something we discussed and talked a little bit about over the summer during our episodes, and now it's here. Referees will now be able to nullify a major penalty after video review, but only in certain circumstances. Right. It's interesting. They made the one tweak, and we're used to like some small changes here and there, some some minor rewordings or rephrasings. The only one in the whole rulebook is Rule 20.6, on-ice video review of major penalties. The old rule allowed the referee upon major penalty review to either confirm the original call or reduce the major penalty call to a lesser penalty of the same infraction. So if you called a major penalty for boarding, you could reduce it to a minor for boarding or keep it what it was. That was all you could do. The NHL's expanded that a little bit. Now we've got a few different options. You can still confirm the original major penalty call, obviously. You can reduce that call to a lesser penalty But it doesn't have to be the same infraction anymore. So uh, we've seen plays where it can be a dangerous hit into the boards and maybe what they thought was a major penalty for boarding might be a minor penalty for cross-checking. Again, it's a nuanced thing. It might not make a whole lot of difference to fans watching at home on what the penalty is. They're more concerned that there was a penalty. Might not know the difference between, say, a board or a cross-check or the significance of that. But they have that option now. So you're not restricted to just what the original call was. If you made the call and you you think it's still a dangerous hit, it still deserves a penalty, but maybe not for the reason you initially thought, you can assess that minor for a different infraction. So interesting there, but I think it's, I think it's right because you're getting the call right. If you're going to review it anyway, why not get it right? This seems to be carrying along that path, as you mentioned, we want to get the call right. Let's do everything in our power to get the call right. So this is now giving the officials the tools they need to perform that job and get the call right. Absolutely. So if it's if it's that you need to change the penalty, make that adjustment, get the call right. And that could include rescinding the original major penalty altogether. So that's new. They couldn't do it in the past. The most you could do would be downgrade it to a minor. Now, upon video review for a major, they can go back, take a look at the tape, see that, you know, maybe we thought it was a major for boarding, but it was a light shove. He was off balance. He hit a rut. His skate got caught. And he went to the boards awkwardly. There was an injury, but it wasn't a result of the hit. It was a result of what happened afterwards. And you know what? This is no penalty. Or maybe it was self-inflicted. Maybe the guy went down on his own. Maybe it was a teammate. Whatever the case may be, they will now have the option to wipe out the penalty altogether. It makes sense. It makes a lot of sense to me. I think it's important to note, Todd, that the league still instructs officials to officiate based on what they see on the ice, to call it in real time. Mm-hmm. There is not a mandate to call more major penalties simply because it will give you an opportunity to review the call. That's that's not what the league is going for here. Makes a lot of sense, though, that when you do call the major, when you see the major penalty, let's make sure you got it right. I'm going to put the over under on seven and a half days into the NHL season before a broadcaster is confused about this new rule. Oh, you're 
you're giving them that much time, eh? (laughs) (laughs) Well, because not all preseason games are televised in every market. So I'm trying to give everybody an equal footing. (laughs) I'm going to go the first, maybe the second major penalty. And it's worth noting, though, they'll they'll also mix it up because this is only for a major, doesn't apply to a match penalty. So, again, it's important to know what the original call was. Everything else stays the same. It's just those major penalty calls. So uh, more for uh, for broadcasters to get confused about. Yes, clearly. Okay, the uh, the Ontario Hockey League preseason is underway and good news. Female officials are making their mark in that league. Last week, Lacey Stenick became the first woman to referee an OHL game with the Guelph Storm and the Mississauga Steelheads facing off. The following night, two female officials worked together. This time it was Hillary Brennan and Marlo Schott, both working the game between the Storm and the Steelheads. There were boarding penalties on the Friday night game. There were two head check penalties on the Saturday night game. Everybody got through it. Everything worked fine. Congratulations to these women who are taking the next step on their careers. NHL, everybody's getting on board. Isn't it time for you to jump in? It's it's really, it's great to see at this level. You know, you like to see the, the women working games. And we know Kristen Welsh did it last year. So we've got folks in the WHL and the OHL where they're actually having these opportunities and, and building female officials up to work at this level. And I think we need to see it at that level. And we need to see it in the in the AHL, which we did last year. It was great to have 10 women working in the AHL. It's all kind of coming together. And I, I think you, you nailed it there, Todd, of when is the time right for the NHL? We're starting to see that there's not that difference of of a game that's officiated whether it's a man or a woman uh, you have the right talented folks you have people who are great skaters that have great judgment that know the rule book and uh, Lacey Sinook certainly one of those given all her years of international experience when is the time going to be right I, I hope it's going to be soon because I think we've seen that women professionally at the AHL level and certainly at the OHL level here there's more and more opportunities they're doing a great job out there and I think it's just a matter of time and just waiting to see when that door opens up for the NHL. They, they can't hold it back much longer. I understand that you want to do it when the time is right and you want to make sure that you, you have qualified candidates. I don't think there's any disputing that there are qualified candidates right now. And last year, as you mentioned, there were 10 female officials working in the American Hockey League. We noted and celebrated the debuts of the female officials. But as the season went on, We didn't have it as a story for every game that they worked, and there were multiple games for these officials. It's going to be a story for a little while, but then it's just going to be commonplace, which is exactly the level that we're looking to get to, and equality is not something you should be waiting on. Yeah, it's funny. You you want to celebrate it. You almost want it to be so commonplace that it's not newsworthy and that, you know, people aren't making a big deal when the IIHF is putting out updates with linesperson instead of linesman. And we just kind of mm-hmm. this becomes part of the regular nomenclature. This becomes part of the, the lexicon of how we're speaking about officials on the ice. And and it becomes less of an issue or, or not an issue at all when you see some of these folks, whether it's Katie Gay, Kelly Cook, Samantha Hiller, Jackie Howard, when you see one of them working an AHL game, it's no different than any other official that's out there. It, it's it's kind of a, it's a funny situation, right? You report on it because it's newsworthy, but the idea is that it's not newsworthy. It's another official. It's someone who's qualified, who's talented, who can do the job. And, and at one point it will become just an. And I guess when that happens is going to be the interesting part is, are they going to 
give us a notification. I mean, they've announced the new officials and promotions for this year, and there are no females on the roster. So I don't know that anything is imminent within the National Hockey League. And and I'm surprised because I think that's something that you would want to celebrate and make a point of of championing. There was a story I was reading the other day of that there are better than 100 women now working in in the NHL, whether it's coaches, part-time or full-time in different management capacities, but there are no referees. There are no female referees in the National Hockey League, and that's a great omission. It is. And I, I think we're getting there. I, you know, I think it's like you said, it's just a matter of time. Will we know? I'm not sure how much advance notice we'll get. There have been changes. We've got referee training camp coming up this weekend. So with the the officials going to camp, obviously the combine's done. So they've looked at all the amateur officials. But there have been changes that have come out after the officials camp or that have come out during the preseason when another official was added to the roster or whether it was for injury reasons or just simply that uh, they wanted to bring another person into the fold of the NHL officiating roster. So I wouldn't rule it out. I wouldn't be surprised if based on how things are going, even mid-season, if they feel that the time's right, that the NHL jumps into action and and we see someone debut. So just because we don't see them on the roster right now, I'm not going to rule out the possibility that it could happen this season. All right. We'll wait and see for for that good news to happen for the NHL. So you mentioned that training camp gets going and teams will be opening up their training camps in the next little while. So I had another thought as we're, we're getting close to that time that the new season is actually getting underway and games are taking place out on the ice. NHL teams, a lot of them, will be or have been holding fan fests that allow for, you know, up close and personal access for that team's supporters. I have yet to hear about, and I think we should start, Ref Fest. I mean, once again, the strikes are getting left behind, and I think there are great opportunities here for Ref Fest. Well, I, I think you've got you've got two sides of this, and I, okay. I will say, well, I'm, I'm going to go three. So we we like the uh, we like the Ref Fan celebrations, the 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 fan initiated ones when we have entire sections of arenas dedicated to officials wearing officials jerseys and celebrating the refs, and and that's the homegrown approach of a ref fest and and i love that it's it's yep. great to see when that comes together especially because it's often supporting local officiating organizations we also have i'm not going to call it a ref fest but there have been times when again through local organizations even usa hockey hockey canada that nhl officials may do a pre-game chat and they've had a referee and linesman meet with a, a local group of officials before the game, kind of talk about hockey, talk about their experiences, sometimes do a Q&A. So we have seen pockets where it's a little bit of a, an information, master class, meet and greet kind of thing. And it's it's wonderful when the officials are able to do that and give back. And it's really a special experience for the amateur guys who get to take part in that. So in smaller pockets, we have that. But mm-hmm. Todd, I, I love the idea of an actual ref fest I want to have uh, I want to have celebrations. I want to have puck drops. I want to have all kinds of things where you can you can try it yourself. You know, we'll put a VR headset on you, let you make calls. We'll have a panel. It sounds like a wonderful thing. We just we need to screen who's attending and make sure they don't have any rotten fruit with them or any objects oh, yeah. they can throw. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, that's uh, yeah. Objects must be, uh, you know, emptied out of your pockets go before you go in. I But I, I like that where you're going, too, because that's exactly what I was thinking, whether it's kind of a TED Talk format, yeah. some on ice drills, that kind of thing. And I've got one more that we need. There needs to be a mascot. You know, the Flyers have gritty. Could we not have Refi? <laughs> I, I like Refi. Do we know what Refi's going to be? I don't know yet, but I'm just, this oh. is the germ of an idea that I'm thinking of. 
I, I want to know, and we'll, we'll put it out there on social media too. I want to know what the officiating mascot should be. And, and, and <laughs> no, no jokes about vision or hearing impairment, please. I'm going to I'm going to cut off the seeing eye dog as an option before anyone even says it. <laughs> yeah, no. And the other is like no, no uh, cartoon obscene gestures or well, anything yeah. like that. Yeah, that's that, that's out. You know, those those foam fingers, you know, you can't you can't modify those. <laughs> I like I like Refi. I think uh, I think Refi will be a target of derision at many arenas. And I think uh, Gritty would have a lovely time with Refi at a Flyers game. <laughs> think about the possibilities. Get in the box. It's the Scouting the Refs podcast. Read more at scoutingtherefs.com. Follow Scouting the Refs on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Scouting the Refs. Email the show at heyref at scoutingtherefs.com. Subscribe, share, and keep those sticks down. Okay. That's, uh, nicely done. That's good work.